What up? What up? What up, everybody? Episode five, Bench Warmers here. Your boy Jono sitting in with my man, published author, Bulls fan, <laughs> and Jordan enthusiast, my man Low. Low, say what Y'all, up to the people. Oh, what's going on, Bench Warmers family? You know what I'm saying? It is cold out here in these Florida streets. Hence why we got our hoodies on. Anything below 65, it is a blizzard out in Florida. But hopefully you guys are staying safe and you are doing good in these COVID streets. Jono, what's good, my brother? How's everything, man? Man, I am freezing. I woke up this morning, 37 <laughs> degrees. Um, you know, born and raised in New York, spent a couple years in New Hampshire. So I should be, you know, used to the cold. But, man, it is freezing. Um uh, you a Florida boy, bro. You you ain't a New Yorker no more, son. After, yeah, if you well, almost, New York almost. Florida, and after a year, you you got Florida blood, bro. You got Florida I hear blood. That. Bro. Look, I, I'd much rather I'd much rather be warm than, than cold right now. So, um, oh, yeah. yep, that's that's all good, man. But NBA season is fast approaching. Uh, training camp has kicked off. We've seen a lot of uh, new faces with new uniforms. Something that I'm always really excited about to see in training camps and and in all sports, really. Um, and, and one of the, the biggest things that happened uh, actually right after our last show dropped was mm-hmm. the breaking news of John Wall and Russell Westbrook uh, being traded. So just to recap, um, Wall and Westbrook was traded both respectfully from their teams, Houston to D.C., um, and that was a 2023 protected lottery pick that Houston received from Washington um, so low as we jump into this, let's, let's just, let's go. Who, who won this trade? I, I don't know who won the trade. You know, I never considered Russell Westbrook like an elite point guard who elevates his team to become a championship contender. He put up numbers when he was OKC, you know, the one year before they traded for Paul George, when they made, you know, they built a whole team around them, put a bunch of shooters, right. And average a triple double, you know, for, three, you know, for you know, for that season, um, he he showed that he is a phenomenal talent. But at the end of the day, they didn't get out the first round of the playoffs. Um, so, you know, with John Wall before he was injured, I mean, you can arguably, you know, you can make an argument that he was probably a top five point guard in the league. Uh, I believe this is probably a little better defender, better passer than Russ, Russell Westbrook, but they both can't shoot. So I think this trade was more more had to do with personalities clashing and just trying to get something, you know, for, you know, you're trying to get something for the player that you traded who won. I, I guess right now you have to say that the, uh, the, the Washington wizards won only because we know that what Russell Westbrook isn't injured. We already know what he, you know, what he can do on the court with John Wall, We don't know he's been injured for the last year and a half, two years. So um, is it going to be a better fit? Who knows? But I know Bradley Beal is excited. I know that uh, he brought in a new energy in Washington, but uh, this makes Washington what an eight seed, maybe seven seed. Um, I, but they're still not going to contend. So who won the trade? Well, I, I mean, if I, if I have to be forced to say who won the trade, the Washington Wizards won it only because you're getting a you know a player who is who who isn't coming off an injury, who has you know what I'm saying sure. we we already saw a whole season of what he could do. Um, but he doesn't make his teammates better. I know Paul George played better with him that one year at OKC before he got traded. So is Bradley Beal going to play a little better? Who knows? But um, you could probably make an argument that this is probably, you know, one of the top three backcourts in the NBA. 
but I wasn't super excited. I think I think there's probably more upside to the Houston Rockets uh, bringing in John Wall just because I think, you know, with him and Boogie Cousins there, if, you know, James Harden uh, decides to stay, we'll talk about that here in our future mm-hmm. segment. Um, I think John Wall comes in with with a chip on his shoulder. He looked good on the videos that we see. Oh, everybody looks good in these Instagram videos, right? <laughs> but for what we saw, you know, he 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 looked like he still has that it. You know what I'm saying? And I think he he's he's a player who uh, I think gets his play players involved. He he's he's a tough guy, hard nosed dude. So you, you're essentially trading this the the two, you know, the the same type of point guards. You're just hoping that the you know personalities mesh well with. The team chemistry so those are my thoughts on who won the the john wall russell westbrook trade yeah yeah and and i would i would agree with you to to some of the points you made um you know i, I when it comes to who won the trade i i, I agree with you in, in uh in essence of you are trading very similar players right john wall's 30 westbrook's 32 john wall's coming off uh you know two very difficult injuries to come back and, and be at a high level at and Westbrook, I mean, Westbrook is Westbrook. His game hasn't changed in the mm-hmm. last like five years, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think when you trade player for player in that standpoint, I think it's a pretty balanced trade, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think when it comes to looking at the logistics of the trade, and what I mean by that is including that lottery pick, um, you know, Houston wins it because they got the extra first round pick that you know, now if if they are younger, if they if Harden does leave and they get more assets, we might have to look back at that 2023 pick um, that's included in this trade, and and you know, in a couple of years, say, wow, like you know, Washington gave that pick up, and and Houston is using it for maybe a you know a pretty solid um, you know first mm-hmm. round uh, player that they pick, and obviously this is the future. We can't predict that, but you know, with with Harden and and his unknown future that one draft pick might play that big of a difference in this specific trade. Now, when we talk about players um, to your point, both, both guys don't shoot the ball. Well, right. They, they, Mm -hmm. they probably are um, very similar players. Uh, And, and John Wall is probably the better defender. Westbrook's probably overall just a more explosive athlete, um, especially since Wall is coming off some injuries, you know? So in, in regards to that, um, I, I, I think, from a player standpoint, I think Washington wins the trade. I think um, I think they're going to compete in uh, in the East, maybe higher than an eighth seed. And the reason why I say that is because arguably with Clay Thompson hurt right now, they have to on paper they have to have some of the best backcourt players in the NBA um, with Bill and Westbrook. You know, they those two guys from an all NBA standpoint are right up with Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. Um, in, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. you know, in, re- in regards to that, those two guys can carry that team to at least 30 wins. Yeah, um, but well, Bradley East, Bill put in work and he almost got that team to the playoffs, you know, last year. They did, just didn't get invited to the bubble, right. but which they should have been to, you know, got invited to the bubble, not just the, you know, Orlando Magic. Um, and no, the Washington Wizards did go to the bubble. Yeah, yeah, no, they were they were in the bubble. Okay, they yeah, my bad. Yeah. They didn't perform very well. No, not at all. Um, but I mean, there there was what a ninth, tenth seed. So yeah, Russell Westbrook probably gets him to the sixth spot, six, seven, eighth spot. Uh, I just think that you know, in the East anyway, you have the Clippers. I mean, you have the uh, Nets, you have the uh, Bucks, you have the Heat, you have um, Boston, you have Philly. Like they're not going mm-hmm. to beat those teams. And so, all right, you five through eight 
is probably where you land. But at the end of the day, yeah, and, and that's okay. Yeah, that that's okay. That's okay for for a Wizards team that, in in my opinion, they're they're not rebuilding, but they're kind of re-identifying, you know, who they want to build around, right? For for the longest, and we've talked about this too, right? For the longest, it was do you build around Wall or do you build around Beal? I've always thought that you build around Wall. You put a bunch of shooters around him. Bradley Beal, mm -hmm. one of them. Um, you know, I, I was really hoping that they might have signed uh, Gallinari just to kind of spread the floor out. Um, right. But they they drafted the the kid from uh, from Israel who who so far from what I've read has had a pretty good camp. Um, they expect him to to give them really uh, good quality minutes, so he'll be in their rotation. Um, but again, going going back with Beal and and Westbrook, you know you've got your explosive guard, you've got Beal who can spread the floor for him to get him into the paint. Um, I think those two together would be a better fit. Um, then John Wall, and if, if Harden decides to stay, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a bit. But mm -hmm. um, overall, from a team standpoint, I, I think Washington with this trade is the better team, and Houston is is kind of you know if I'm Houston, if if I'm uh you know if I'm Coach Silas, I'm I'm kind of scratching my head and and trying to figure out you know what what the identity of this team is. Right, they lose Daryl Morey, who um, was really all in on the small ball. It's very possible that Harden is gone maybe this week or next week. So now you have two superstar guys, John Wall, Boogie Cousins, both of them coming off two of the same injuries, right? And, and you know, we don't know what kind of players they're going to be. Um, do we think that they're going to get back or do we hope that they're going to get back to their elite all-star play? Yeah, of course we do. I mean, I'm a basketball fan and I, I wish those two guys uh, very well, but um, it's it realistically – you know, are they a 31, you know, 31 team right now? I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know, in I, Houston? I don't know. I, yeah. Houston, in Houston, if James Harden stays, I mean, they stay, they, they stay, you know, probably the seventh, eighth seed, you know, just based on that talent alone. I mean, if John Wall can give you anything, um, gives you, you know, his 15 and, you know, whatever, five and seven, you know, he is somebody who could kind of, uh, distributed the ball a little bit, but James Harden is not a guy that that's easy to play with. He's very ball dominant. So yeah, I, this is going to be an interesting test for Silas as a head coach as to what their identity is going to be. Are they going to rebuild? Are they going to, you know, uh, try to, you know, restructure that roster? Who knows? Mm -hmm. But uh, the West is a very difficult place to win at anyway. And, uh, but I, I am kind of excited. I'm not a, the biggest Russell Westbrook fan, but uh, I'd love to see him in the East because I think he's just going to dominate far more than he has in the West. You know what I'm saying? He's going to eat. Yes. I, I think he's going to take a lot of these uh, personal, you know, these matchups, one-on-one, -on -one, these one-on-one -on -one matchups very personally. So he's a show. Yeah, he, I, he is a show to watch. Whether or not he, he's a point guard that can help you win is a whole nother discussion. I say Washington win. You say you Washington won the, the trade as well. Yeah, I say I say Washington won the, the overall team trade. I say Houston wins the future of the trade, obviously, with, with that, that first round draft pick. And and you mentioned Coach Silas, and and I, I want to bring this up real quick. Um and, and it'll lead us here to to Harden, but what what a show Coach Silas is is entering, right? I mean, this guy has been a lot of respect for him. He's been an assistant coach in the NBA for the last twenty seasons, awaiting his chance to be a head coach, which is well deserved. He could have been a head coach long before this, but he gets his chance with Houston, and then he gets a James Harden, who, in my opinion, is being a little bit of a prima donna here. 
um, and has officially requested to be out of Houston. So, mm-hmm. you know, just some some background here. James Harden missed the, the first couple of days of training camp. Um, there's been some videos of him with a, a rapper in Vegas, you know, not wearing a mask and, and partying and, and giving him some money. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a big deal, right? A lot of these guys yeah. are talking about it. Um, and then he shows up in, in camp, I believe it was yesterday, or shows up in the facilities. Um, and it's finally James Harden time in Houston. And he says, you know what? I'm actually open to Philly. Um, so I've, I've got to ask you here, where where does he land? I mean, th- does he stay in Houston? Does he go to Philly? We, we knew we talked to ourselves about Brooklyn. I mean, what what's your thoughts on this? Man, I, I was I, I who is Philly going to give up for him? I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons I w- I or Joel Embiid yeah, for him. So I, w- you, I wouldn't you, give you up my team it. for him. No, not at all. Like I, Stephen A was just saying today, actually, you know, on, on first take that if he had to trade reluctantly, he would trade Ben Simmons. And that for me, I'm like, listen, James Harden's 32 years old. He, you know, the, the closest sniff they had to the finals was the year that CP3 was there. And unfortunately got hurt game seven and, and Golden State won. But his style of play, he's very ball dominant, dribbles, you know, uh, too much and, and doesn't get the team involved. Now he does. He did average the league in, in assists the first year that uh, Mike D'Antoni put him as a point guard. But if you're making that trade, you're trying to win now. And James Harden isn't going I, and so far hasn't been proven to, you know, he hasn't elevated his play during the playoffs. He's great during the regular right. season. When clutch yep. moment comes, he he's not this great superstar that we all anticipate uh, when we see, you know, during the regular season, where does he land? Um, at the end of the day, there's no pressure on Houston. He still has two years left on his contract. If they don't feel like they're going to get an investment, you know, return an investment for James Harden, then he's going to have to suck it up, you know, um, and they're going to have to trade him to a team that's going to bring back the assets. The problem is um, the leverage that James Harden's had, his trade value get diminished now because now he says, well, I want to go to Philly. Okay, well, then if I know you're going to go to Philly, then I'm not going to, you know, you know, give you give you all of my assets to try to bring you into a team that you may not want to play for. And who's to say that you're not going to have the same attitude because James, you know, James Harden at the end of the day has to realize he asked for CP3. It didn't work out. He wanted him gone. Then he wanted Russell Westbrook to come in. Briggs Russell Westbrook they, and Houston is accommodating this brother. Right. They're just trading assets upon assets to bring these guys in. They have improved. And so you have to look at yourself and you're saying, okay, is it everybody else or is it me? And James great, Harden has not point. proven that it's it's him at the end of the day. Like you, 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 yes, you put up great phenomenal uh numbers. You are an offensive, you know, probably one of the top five offensive players that I've seen play in the game of you know, the play the game of basketball, but it hasn't translated to wins. And at the end of the day, yeah, you're acting like a prima donna. You know, you don't know the direction in which, you know, the Houston Rockets are going. But a lot of that has to do with the style of play that you implement on the court that most people can't really gravitate around. So we kind of wait around. Hopefully I get the ball. Hopefully I get to shoot. You know, let's shoot 50 threes. Try to outscore everybody. So where does James Harden lands at, at this point? I know he requested a trade of Philly. You know, the former GM for the Rockets is now the GM there in Philly. You know, and he knows Harden better than anybody. Is he going, if willing to trade 
they don't have any assets unless you're training Ben Simmons. And at that point, Jono, if you trade Ben Simmons for John Wall, I mean for uh, Ben Simmons for James Harden, then you have John Wall and Ben Simmons on the court. That makes in the same no position. Sense. Yeah, yeah. So at the yeah, at the end, no, the end needs to stay there, figure it out. I think Silas is in a great position. Here's why I say Silas is in a great position. There's no expectation. So if he can have these guys playing at a level that most people didn't expect, that's a bonus for him. If they struggle, well, it's because of the disgruntled, you know, James Harden, you know. So I, I don't think he's in this position where, you know, he's playing a bad hand. I think he can try to make less yeah. is more, you know, boogie. And, you know, if, if he can get something out of boogie and John Wall comes in and plays, you know, at the most improved player of the year type type level, um, that's going to look good on him. Where does James Harden land at the end of the day? He has to stay in Houston. He, he has no leverage. He still has two years left on his contract. And he's getting paid what thirty plus thirty million. So I mean, teams are not going to blow up their team to bring a guy, knowing yeah. that he only wants to go to Philly or a contender, right? Uh, whatever that right. Is. And I, I, I would agree with you. And and I really like the points that you made. You know, you you mentioned his leverage, right? I mean, the man declined a fifty million dollars salary, um, so he can potentially you know opt into free agency or. Um, you know, just open up a little bit more, more leverage for himself to, to be traded. Um, but, you know, you, you brought a good point about him messing up his trade value, right? Not showing up to camp, you know, hanging out, you know, posting stuff on social media. Like, look, if, if you want to be traded, that's one thing, right? But you still, still got to be a professional and, and you know, act, act in, uh, accordingly as well, right? You can't, you know, you, it, it's like, you know, it's like me calling out sick and, and not, uh, you know, not putting in the PTO or, or something I, I like that. You know what I mean? Today. We saw you at Disney World. Oh, well, you yeah, know, exactly. You to go to Disney World. That's not good enough to show up to. Work. You know, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm disappointed in the way I, James Harden is, is going about this, this potential trade and, you know, just kind of about everything that that's gone down. Um, and then you made a good point too, man. Look, he's he's the common denominator, right? Mm -hmm. Chris Paul didn't work out. I thought I thought the the Harden Chris Paul era was the best Houston was ever going to get mm -hmm. with Harden. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's when they committed to the small ball. You know, Chris Paul was the leader. He was the the show, and Harden got the buckets. You know, and and that was good. Um, it worked out. I, we talked about this years ago when it when it happened. Is like, I, how is this going to work right, out? Yeah. Right, two two point guards, two ball dominated guys. But but it did. It worked out. Unfortunately, he got injured. Things happened. Their window, you know, closed. And and it's basketball. That that's what happens, right? Then you bring in Westbrook, his boy, his buddy, his OKC running mate. You thinking? At least I'm thinking things are going to get better. But it doesn't. Russ wasn't the problem in OKC. Mm -hmm. You know and what I mean? Knew, or I'm sorry, in, in Houston. And you knew what you was going to get out was Westbrook. And and Mike Dantoni. You knew it. You knew system, it. system, hey, just play downhill and, you know, in yep. those moments. But it's like, okay. So, and then, and then of course, we talked, uh, we didn't mention this, but, 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 you know, he made mention about wanting to go to the Brooklyn and play the Nets. Bro, that would be horrible, you know, like in, in, in regards to fit. You have Kyrie Oven who Kyrie Irvin, who isn't a natural point guard in regards to he's an assist guy, can get his team involved. He's a ball dominant guy. Kevin Durant can play however you want him to play. If he, you know, spot up and shoot, sure. you know, he can pick his spots. He's gonna get 25, you know, in his sleep, regardless. He doesn't need to dominate the ball in order right. to be effective. But then James Harden, 
you know, you got to prove, bro, that at the end of the day that you are worth your 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 show box, your your you're a player that people love to watch. You're a talent, mm -hmm. but it doesn't translate, you know, to to championships or to contention. Not when the moments mattered. And so, yeah, it, yeah. At the end of the day, you got to James Harden got to look at himself and like people was coming to Houston because of you. Like Houston gave you the keys to yeah. the city. You are a, you are a rock star. You and you know you you allowed this new era of basketball to to formulate and mm -hmm. you created mm -hmm. a culture. And now the culture is not. You know that didn't translate to wins. You can't say it's everybody else and not you. You know, so. right? And you mentioned, and you mentioned something too, man. That that I thought was a good point. You know, about his his playoff, uh, his playoff ability. I mean, has he ever showed up in the playoff? No, in my opinion, no. He's he's been the same kind of James Harden in the regular season that you see in the playoffs. And guys who are successful, you know, LeBron, the, the LeBrons, the Curries, and. Um, you know, I, I want to say Giannis, but that, that that's just not the case right. yet. But, you know, the guys like Kawhi Leonard, they elevate their game in, in the playoffs and it shows, right? Um, Harden, ha Harden hasn't done that. And, and you know, I like I said, you know, we, we talked about um, Brooklyn and, and Harden and how we, we potentially that could be a fit. But if if I'm Brooklyn, if I'm the GM, if I'm the president, if I'm the coach, right? If I'm, if I'm Steve Nash, I'm going up to the general manager right now and I'm telling him, Please do not trade for James Harden. <laughs> let me let me coach this team. Let me coach Kyrie. Let me coach KD. Let me coach a a, a cherished Levert. Let me coach um, the big guy in the middle that wears the fro. I, I forgot his name. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. But but let me coach these guys. And the reason why I say that is because if you trade everything all over again, like you did to Boston or did with Boston you're not getting anything back. Mm -hmm. You're getting a James Harden who is disgruntled. He's frustrated. He wants to play. He just probably wants to just play with his boys. To, to me right now, Brooklyn is a better team than, than, um, than Houston, better team than Philly. They're a top three team in the just East, probably the top the five pitch. team in the league. Yeah. Just based off yeah. talent. Yes, absolutely. But, and then the young guys too, like you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to trade the young guys for a guy that, um, you know, is, is, just wanting to get out of a situation, right? He doesn't even really want to be in, in Brooklyn. He just wants to be out of Houston. Right. Um, you know, so I, I, I think he stays in Houston. I mean, there's, there's really no great deal that comes to mind that has been talked about that is centered around James Harden. Um, and, and, you know, my mom always says this, right? You, you make your bed, you lay in it and, and he's doing just yeah. that. Hey, give, um, give give yourself a half a year. You know, play with John Wall. You 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 guys play pickup ball together, and I think that's where the chemistry came from. Was you know John, you know they they either played with each other or played against each other, whatever. Um, so give it give it a half a year. If it doesn't work out, then then you can reassess. Wow. But but yeah, but yeah, at this point, bro, you can't just oh I want out, bro. A lot of this stuff came from you know stems from you and your inability to elevate your teammates. And and you haven't showed up in the playoffs, and yeah. the, and everybody who's come in to help you, you have run them out. So at the yeah. at the end of the day, I wouldn't touch them. Figure it out in Houston. Houston got the leverage. Um, but I do want to bring up uh one of the things, man. I know that outside of these uh, trade rumors and also the trades that we have seen, um, you know your your boy Paul George been 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 talking out his mouth, man. Twitter and fingers. 
Oh my goodness, bro. Like, let me, let me, we're going to get, we're going to get on it. But, but I know that uh, we talked about this in the off season that the Lakers had the best off season um, for any of the NBA teams um, this year. And so um, Paul George has stated, he wants to stay a Clipper. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you gave up everything to bring this brother in in hopes of winning you a championship. It didn't work out. Daniel boy, Paul George keeps talking about, you know, they played him down and, and they try to make me a shooter like, you know, Clay Thompson and all this and all that. <laughs> I love Doc Rivers clap back when he was like, you know, Tyrone Lou was the assistant coach there, too. So, you know, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's not all on me, bro. And, and at the end of the day, Boro, no, you know, you can't put that on the coaches at the end of the day. Yeah, you no, said that you were mentally depressed in the bubble. You're the one who's hitting, you know, the ball at the side of the, you know, the side of the <laughs> basket. You know what I'm saying? Like you did not show up and you was up 3-1 against, the, the, you know, the Denver Nuggets and you did not close out that series. That's on you. That's that's on the team, not inability to play to the talent that they had. So the mm -hmm. question is, is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George what the Clippers need to make the jump to make a, to, to win a championship, to compete against the Lakers? Because that at the end of the day, that's the crosstown rival. And are those two enough to make the jump, win a championship, beat the Lakers, and uh, bring home a title to Clipper Nation? No, no, not at all. And and I'll, I'll, here's, here's why. Um, Kawhi Leonard is, but Paul George isn't. Um, and, and here's why I say that, you know, I'm, I'm a big Paul George fan, but you, you cannot in, in today's NBA, you can't have both a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George playing the same position and expecting a different outcome. What I mean by that is yeah, to, I was Paul, say George, to, to Paul George's, um, comments about making him a jump shooter. What, what else are you supposed to do when Kawhi Leonard is playing the three position and has the ball on the elbow or on the block and is expected to go to work. I mean, mm -hmm. at that point, you have to be a, you know, a spot up shooter or coming off some kind of screen or a pin down or, or, you know, so something to, to get open. Right. Um, you know, he's, he's not a point guard. I mean, obviously he's got good handles. He can get to the rack, but he's not a point guard, you know? So what, what do you play him at as a shooting guard? Is he going to come off the bench and take Kawhi Leonard out and be a six man at this point no, in his career? No, no, no of no, course you, not. You're talking reckless. So, so you know what I'm saying? You got two of the top five, top six best wing players, three and D guys. If anything, Paul George is a good defender he, it, when he wants to play it. Um, but he allows his offense to dictate his defense when in reality that whole team should have structured and focused their defense and let the defense create their offense, right? Agreed. That, that, Agreed. A lot of the talented guys were known for defense. Let your defense dictate your offense, but because they has you know they can score buckets too. At the end of the day, they allow their offense to dictate how they was going to play on defense. At the end of the day, man, like you got two wing players because in this league you need wings. You just need yes. wings. What yes. the, and, and a point guard. They didn't have a natural point guard who could set up an offensive team. This is why I was very surprised that they didn't make a harder pitch to for, you know for like a Ray John Rondo or a natural point guard to play that position. Um, but is there enough? I, if they can focus and say, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sits down together and say, okay, we're going to wreak havoc on the defensive end every single night, and we're going to set the tone on defense and let everybody else buy into what we're doing, they have enough to compete. 
Because at the end of the day, that's well, that's what's going to determine. And I, that's why I like Tyrone Lue a little bit over Doc Rivers. Why Chauncey Billups is a big mm. pickup. Because those are hard-nosed defensive guys, no-nonsense guys. They're not going to cater to these to, to these brothers. At the end of the day, you got to put in work. So you can't expect Kawhi Leonard to be a vocal leader. That's not him. And right. he's going to put in, going to do what he's going to do, clock in, clock out. That's that's the, the MO of Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, he's talking too much. We've seen him play at a, an elite level, especially when he was in with the Pacers and mm-hmm. against that Miami series where we saw a super, I mean, legit, at that point in that series, you thought Paul George can't can't go wrong, yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. like I agree. I agree. You know, they didn't. And he kind of been up and down. Then he went to OKC, play phenomenal basketball with Russell Westbrook. Then I don't know what happened. Maybe the bubble did mess him up. I, I don't know. But the question is, but look, look, have- look, Cook, Paul, they- Paul, or Paul George can't take all the blame, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not blaming him. I think, you know, I think when you build your, your quote unquote, your super team, mm-hmm. it, it has to be guys in different positions. That, that's my only discretion. You've got two of the best players in the league at the same position on the same team. Um, at some point, somebody has to play off their position and do things that maybe they're not comfortable doing, whether it is spot up shooting or, like I said, coming off screens. But, you know, we've we've got to put some blame on Kawhi Leonard. Right. I mean, in, in game seven, yeah. he shot six for 14 and, you know, he wasn't as aggressive as he has been in, in past playoff series. And, um, you know, it, it what what it would take is we look at the, the teams that Kawhi has been on, right? The, the Raptors and, and San Antonio, those teams had a system around Kawhi, right? And we talked about Ty Lue and, and that's the reason why I'm not sold on Ty Lue just yet, because if, unless, unless he has a system built around Kawhi Leonard, where Kawhi is the guy in the fourth quarter and, you know, he gets his, his daily or his routine subs, you know, wh- whenever that may come, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious to see what what the offense looks like with, with guys like this, and you you know you've got Serge Ibaka coming in, you know you lost your which we did your, not address on last podcast, which I totally forgot the Clippers picked up. Yep, yep. I know they lost, which is a good pickup. Role. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I think he fits better with that team than yes. Hazel does, though he's a better offensive you know player off the bench. Ibaka mm-hmm. can hit the three. He's a stretch four. He can play a little solid defense. He's. I think he was a good. You know, yeah. pick up for the Clippers. We I, totally I, I, I agree. So, I agree. I, I do think though that um, I think for for the Clippers to make the jump, um, uh, you know, to to your point, I think Rondo was someone that they should have put a little bit more emphasis on. They yeah. did get another shooter, um, Luke Kennard. Shout out to Duke. You know, they got him to to oh, space the floor. Yeah, they, he was in the trade with Landry Shamit. Um, you know they traded a first round pick as well, and and got uh and and got Luke Kennard. Um, I, I think he's going to benefit off of some mismatches and just more more uh, space on the floor. I'm pretty sure he has to start. I mean, he's their only two guy that that can really stretch the floor that the the way any other two can. Um, and obviously, Lou Will is not going to start. Just keep coming off the bench. But well, I think for Luke the, will have to start. Then what? So so who's your starting five? I don't know who their point guard is, but they're starting five. Definitely, I, 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 and they, I don't know who their center was. Like, or their center is Zubuk, right? So I, Zubuk, I don't know. Who big, well, Reggie Jackson. I don't know who's the point guard. Yeah, Reggie Jackson resigned, so it's going to be Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi, you know, Urbaka. Luke Kennard, and and then uh, 
I don't think Ibaka starts. I don't. I, I think he comes no, off the no. bench. Because okay. you, you gotta you gotta think about it. You gotta start Kawhi and Paul George, right? Somebody's gotta start at the four or the two. Um I so think that, I, mean, I think your boy Leonard comes off the bench with Lou Williams. It, you just it, yeah. it, in order for it to have a balanced five, you may you may uh you may have a fourth quarter lineup with him in it and those three guys out there with the Baca true, probably playing true. center and, and Lou Williams at the point or something. I, I don't know, but yeah, I don't see I don't see Ibaka um coming off the bench they they need a four because you know they yeah. they don't have a natural one but i, I like at the end of the day that if you're building any team Jono, and you say hey we're going to give you paul george and Kawhi leonard as the centerpieces to compete for a championship you can't go wrong with that it's just at no, this no, point you, no. gotta, you got to get the maximize the potential of these players and i think they'll come back a little hungry i think the the excuses now are gone um and i think they're trying to you know, Doc Rivers, he he didn't do his best coaching job. He's always been known as someone who can, t he can, um, you know, at, at least when he was here in Orlando, maximize the potential. Boston, right. he took his egos and made them mesh, but they were already towards the end of their career. I don't think he ever had a team where they were in their prime, right? And, and you know, two guys who, who are in their prime and, and meshing all of that together. So, you know, he's a so player's what, what coach for sure. So what's your prediction for the 2020-2021 Clippers? I think they make the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think less is more in this sense. Uh, um, they really need to address that point guard position. We'll see what happens. But do they make the jump? I Just the Lakers just did so much in this offseason that, you know, you can't count. As much as we want to count out LeBron James, we can't count him out. And that talent – you know, but you know, do they make the jump? We'll, we'll see if they can. It can if they can solidify a good point guard, someone who can distribute the ball, and you know, allow Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to be the focal on the offense, and not this your turn, my shot, you know, your shot, but really create an offense that both of those guys are in rhythm and flowing. Because when Paul George is on, bro, Clippers can't be stopped. I'm sorry, when Paul right. George is hitting, that team can't be stopped. Um, right. so. Are they? I think they, those are the two pieces you would need in order for you to want to at least have a conversation about competing. Yeah. You got the two best wings, you know. Uh, you know, I know we talk about playoff P, but yeah, I think so. But but in order for them to make a jump, they need a point guard. That's just my opinion. That's yeah. my opinion. No, I, I get you, man. I, I I get you. And and the the best part about today is what we're about to get into right now. <laughs> we look, we we've had very much debates about LeBron and and his greatness and what he what is he, what he has done in his career, um and in in the latest road trip uh, podcast, um you know LeBron mentioned that he's been a part of two of the toughest NBA championships in NBA history, the 2016 run against the best NBA team ever in the regular season, the golden state, uh, warriors, 73 and nine. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the 2020 championship, you know, the NBA bubble, the, the restart, you know, the whole new game. Um, so we're going to talk about this here and, yeah, and I'm excited yeah. about this. This is going to yeah. get very, very spirited, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to go first and I'm going to say this, you know, what one, this is, this is LeBron's opinion, right? Thank LeBron you. LeBron has every right to say, 
whether he feels that his championship titles were tough or not. Um, and it's for people like you and I to agree and, and disagree and have a platform like this to discuss this. So what I'm going to say is this. LeBron is absolutely right. He has been involved in two of the toughest championships in NBA history. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the the way it happened, right? I'm talking about the teams he played, the journey it took to get there, right? And let's start with 2016. The the Cavs weren't even the number 1 team in the East that year, right? So, were they favored to go to the finals? You know, when you're not number one, you're, you're never truly favored, but he took down the East again. And that was probably his, like, like was it since 2011, 2016? That was his fifth straight NBA Finals appearance himself. So he took the Cavs there. It was Kyrie's second one. He got hurt the year before. Kevin Love's first one because he was hurt the year before. His team played a proven champion the team that beat them the previous year, the Golden State Warriors, they won 73 games. They were up 3-1, 3-1. The only team ever in NBA history to come back from 3-1 and win the NBA championship. And let me remind you, Lo, at mm -hmm. Golden State, Game 7, the away team won. Game 7, the Cleveland Cavs won away at Golden State. That to me is probably tougher than the 2020 uh, NBA championship. So let's start there, 2016. In the, in, in the words of Baby, are you finished or are you done? Are you finished or are you done, bro? But I'm listen. I'm, we, I'm we, yeah, man. Listen. As soon as I saw this video clip on Instagram, I sh I shot it to the group, and yes, I do agree. It's an opinion, but here's the deeper picture. Here's the deeper story that I want everyone watching and listening to understand. LeBron James is a master in, in controlling the narrative. No one has ever talked about the toughest championship that's ever needed to be won. Never. That's never been in discussion that I remember, right? Nobody, oh, what was the toughest championship in NBA history? He mentions it. And he mentions it, the two toughest are the ones that he won. Why would he do that? Because he's trying to chase someone. Who is he chasing? Oh, the one who has six. <laughs> The GOAT, Michael Jordan, because if you can if you can diminish, right, the importance of six championship going six and oh and have people focus on the two toughest championships, then it negates the fact that you won six because you won the two toughest ones in NBA history. No one that I know, if you thought to yourself, what was the toughest championship that's ever been won? You would have came up with those two championships. Now, let's break down the three one. Just because something was done in the first time in history doesn't mean it was the most difficult. You can be like, that makes no sense. Follow my logic. There's a lot of things that factored into that 3-1 lead. The fact that they were down 3-1, right, is reason. Bogut, hurt. Iggy, hurt. A stimulus package given to LeBron James for Draymond Green to get suspended in game six. No one, no one thought that that Cleveland team was going to be Golden State. And I truly believe that if Draymond Green did not get suspended, the Cleveland Cavaliers would not have beaten the Golden State Warriors. And even in game seven, if it wasn't for Kyrie Irving hitting that, I mean, of course, we know LeBron hit that, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he made a big defensive play, but Kyrie Irving hit the, the, the biggest shot in his life, right? Mm -hmm. None of this would have happened. But at the end of the day, listen, at the end of the day, they won the championship, right? But let's talk about the bubble. 
everybody experienced that bubble, LeBron. It wasn't just you, right? So if anybody else would have won the championship, they wouldn't have said this is the toughest championship. So, so again, it goes back to it's an opinion. It's subjective. But why would LeBron say that? That's I, I always look at the why, Jono. Why would he want to say that? He said the same thing before. Oh, well, because I beat a Golden State Warriors th up 3-1. I'm the GOAT. What, did he embellish? No, he's trying to change a narrative. He wants people to understand that he's trying to chase something. And we always talk about LeBron James and Michael Jordan, but why isn't it being talked about LeBron James and Kobe Bryant? Like that needs to be the conversation that needs to be had. We'll have that conversation in, in a later episode. But LeBron is notorious for changing or controlling the narrative. Nobody's thinking about the toughest championship in NBA history. LeBron James said it. I didn't watch all in the interview, so, so there is context. I don't know it. But that little snippet that we saw on Instagram, LeBron James is popping off at the mouth, bro. And 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 nobody's going to give credit. We talked about this. Uh, 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 Dirk Nowitzki and that Mavs team who beat LeBron James, you know, down 0-2 and came back and win that championship. Nobody oh, thought no, that that I, was I've got to I've got to correct you. They were one and one. Miami won game one. Dallas won game two. So they were one and one. Okay, but they were never down in that series. Didn't they come back and win? I, I don't. I mean, they were probably down two one. Okay. Regardless, regardless, with that championship, that whole championship was a tough championship for Dirk Nowitzki yeah, to win. Sure. No one, any so, any so, listen, any championship is tough. You know, any any championship is tough. Like the the two thousand four, the two thousand four Pistons. They they beat a dynasty Lakers team, right? We uh, the Raptors. They beat Golden State. Any championship is tough. But what you have what? to factor in is what happened in these championships. Listen, the, the bubble was if LeBron if let's say let's say Boston would have won the championship in, in the bubble, toughest championship ever. I, if Jason Tatum said it, I would agree. If Jalen Brown said it, I would agree. I would tell anybody who won the championship in the, in I wasn't the bubble. There. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. So I don't know the experience. So obviously it's a different experience. But LeBron James, when he was like, you know, you guys don't understand, you know, not sleeping in the comfort of my bed. Did you see where that brother was staying? That brother was staying in. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, that brother was not suffering as much as people. Yes, I understand. I mean, but but it's it's hard. Man. I mean, it's a different, but everybody was going through that. Like, everybody was going through it. So, if you so want to why, say, it was why is it a big deal if LeBron says it? Because LeBron loves to control the narrative. He is trying to get people to buy into the to the idea that he is the greatest player that has ever played. And 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 if that's your opinion for those LeBron enthusiasts, if that's your thoughts, that's fine. We can have that debate. And you, there's enough debate shows on planet Earth that talk to you know that ex, you know has maximized this conversation. You know, uh, to you know has talked this thing to to the to the cows come home. The point is. There was no reason for LeBron to say that. And and for him to say, because every other player is going to come out and say, well, this was the toughest championship, and here's the reason why. So you look at the bubble. Okay, that's a different experience. Down 3-1, it, it's never been happened before, so that has to be difficult. But we have to factor in everything into that story. Yes, 3-1, but it's, you know, has there, I don't know the stats right now. It's not in front of me, but I'm sure teams have been down 2-0 and they came back and won or, you know, whatever sure, the case I mean, may be. Guys, guys are always down, you know, and look, guys are always down in series, you know, and 2-0, and what, what it is is the percentage, right? So back in 2016, when Golden State held a 3-1 lead, at that time, 100% of the teams that held a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals won.
Right. Mm -hmm. And at that point, look, at that point, three, one, nobody gave Cleveland a chance. Nobody did. I did. I'm like, oh, this series is over. And then what Uh, happened? They'll they'll maybe win one more. And then what happened was they won three straight games. But what factored into those three wins? I mean, that's, look, that's, that's, the, that's the point. So, so he caught breaks. He did, he did something that has not been done in NBA history. Right. But again, it goes back to the point that I'm making just because it's never been done. Doesn't mean that is the most difficult because there's other factors that go in to that game. Let's compare it to football. For example, you're a Giants fan. I'm a Pats fan, right? The Patriots were 16 and 0 into going into the Super Bowl. Perfect season. Went in that super there was factors that played into that super bowl it was the hardest super bowl for the giants to win absolutely now if that happened again do you think that they would win and beat the patriots if they play three more times on an undefeated season probably no, not. They wouldn't. no the tyree catch the 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 fact that bill belichick there's other little that, factors. that's what makes sports so beautiful I right right or wrong it. And look, you, you could be on the good side, you could be on the bad side. If you're if you're a Golden State fan in 2016, you hate LeBron because he beat your team. If you're a Cleveland fan, yes, a you're fan. excited. Little, uh, you're, you're excited. But you you want to look at the factors that played into the title and then look at the factors that made it the toughest, right? Cleveland from that point had not won a championship in 50 plus years, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron had promised to bring a title back to Cleveland. That, that was his own doing. He he wrote his own story. He right. said, I'm coming back to Cleveland to win a title for you guys. So he he checked off the box 50 plus years. He checked off the box of granting a promise to the city of Cleveland. And on top of that, he beat the best team in NBA history with 73 wins. A proven champion, already won a championship before, a two-time MVP. So you want to talk about factors that came into playing, but these are the factors that LeBron did to beat these teams. Then you can say this is probably the greatest story ever written and accomplished, but to say that a championship was the toughest championship in NBA history is in a subjective because every player will look at that comment and the championships that they won and break down reasons why their championship was the toughest. MJ will sure, say that. Tim of course. Will say that. So, Absolutely. so my question is, why did LeBron make those comments? Because if he can say that these, out of all the championships in NBA histories, the two that I won, right, were the most difficult, then that makes me the greatest. That makes me the Let's, GOAT. That makes let me, me ask you- so, that's what let me ask. people don't want to believe it. I don't know him, but I wish I could have a conversation with LeBron James. I really do. I wish I was in his inner circle because I'll ask him these questions. I I he he's 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 a phenomenal talent, the greatest player that we've seen in this generation, right? In this the last 20 years, right? But yep, but yep. but he is trying to achieve the status of the greatest of all time. And, and he knows and to the your only point is Michael Jordan. Yes, of course. Right. Uh, let me ask and- you. Let me ask you a quick question because I, I know where you're getting at with this, right? Real, very, very quickly. Let's look at the six titles Jordan won: ninety-one against the Lakers, ninety-two mm-hmm. against the Blazers, ninety-three mm-hmm. against the Suns, right? Mm-hmm. Ninety-six against the the uh, Sonics, and ninety-seven, ninety-eight against the Jazz. At any moment in those titles, did Jordan play a team that won more than seventy-two games? No. Right at any moment, did Jordan play a individual that won two unanimous MVPs? No, he but did he play against some MVPs. Okay, right, he, okay. Did. Yeah. he did, and I'm not knocking that. Now, what what I want to do again very quickly is 
he played it, and, and I'm not knocking Jordan with the six titles, but I want to put it into perspective. He played an aging Lakers team, right, mm -hmm. with Magic and, and Kareem. He played a Blazers team that they were just lucky to be there. Like, they were just happy to be there. You know this. He even okay. said it in the last dance. Clyde, Clyde said it in the last dance, too. He played a, a Suns team that Barkley carried on his back that he's probably still hurting was to this day. And he was the league's MVP, right? Okay. But we know we know Jordan should have got it. We know that. Mm -hmm. We know that. And then mm -hmm. in 96, he they should have swept a, a Sonics team. But Jordan had so much stuff on his mind. He said it in the last dance that mentally he what wasn't there. What happened? His dad passed year? away. Oh, so so Jono, so Jono, so couldn't Michael Jordan just make the argument that the toughest championship, knowing that you experienced, you know, your father's death, you're going through all of these different situations, accusations about, you know, gambling and all of these things, right? Entering to that championship season, you're telling me that LeBron could, I mean, that Michael Jordan couldn't make an argument about that's the See, reason why that, that was a okay. Championship? That was that was a personal, a personal mindset for for jordan my my point with that is lebron stated that he won the two the two toughest nba championships in nba history right jordan won't say that jordan would probably say that for me personally that was the toughest championship to win i had so much on my plate my mental me mentally i wasn't there you know my so, father just passed away i'm gonna tone in you said michael jordan will never say that why would michael jordan never have to say that well, look, Michael Jordan won. No, no, no. Why would Michael Jordan <laughs> wouldn't have to say that? Answer the question. That I, I don't know. Michael Jordan's because not as as LeBron, spoken, probably. I don't LeBron know. LeBron reeks this very tough, like like he's he like like he's he has sensitive skin. Like he's soft skinned. He gets people again when he won the championship. Got no respect. I want my dang respect. And he Who's deserves that. Who disrespects you? The media loves uh, you. And, and, and unless you're promised your whole no. career against what Skip Bayless says, right? No. Everybody adore. If are you thinking about somebody like me, who 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 roots against you more than he roots for you, right? Like, are you thinking about me? Who's disrespecting you, LeBron? There's who there's a lot of people, you, LeBron. No, there's a lot of people. Who are these people? And I, I'm going to quote this as LeBron haters. There are a lot of LeBron haters who rather him lose these NBA finals than win them. And look, he has been to more, and he's lost more than he's won. But he's been to more yeah. NBA finals than Jordan, than Pippen, than anybody that you can think of in NBA history at this moment so other than Bill Russell. And, and, but we're, we're, we're not giving an we're not giving an award on second place based off of NBA wins. We're talking about the two titles that he won, right? And we're talking about the media creating this narrative since LeBron was 16. The media said, LeBron, you are the chosen one. The media said, LeBron, you are the king. Now go perform. And since then, he has. I'm He's not, been. That's not the argument. That's not the argument. The argument it's is not the he, argument. He, he exceeded. He he not only met but exceeded the expectations that even the media had of LeBron James. That's not in question. The so question why is, can't he ask for his respect? No one is disrespecting him, John. Oh, what media outlet is is Nike disrespecting him? Is the NBA disrespecting him? Is because uh, he gets all the national TVs uh, 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 games right? Well, like he, he makes he, the money. He's the 
my point exactly. He's not, if if he's worrying about someone like myself, right? Who who's a, a Michael Jordan enthusiast, right? But no, you're a LeBron great. hater. No, I am a Michael. No, when it comes to the debate of LeBron James and Michael Jordan, I am unapologetic that it's going to be MJ ten to, out of ten times. Do I appreciate what LeBron James has done for the for the game of basketball? Absolutely, but he's easier for someone to root against than to root for. That's just for me, right? Because he has cheap. You, you see somebody on the mountaintop for so long, you just want somebody else at that mountaintop. This is why we love the narrative of Kawhi Leonard. Could he take? Could he be the king of LA? This is why we the the, the world at large rooted for the little tiny light-skinned dude you know from davidson you know beating the giant that is lebron james like people love to see that but yet he continues to be at the top mountaintop so this, it's a it's a better narrative but this idea that people are disrespecting you when it comes to the debate of the greatest of all time you are wanting to be amongst the greats he you can put him in the mount rushmore to the top five players ever that ever play the game right but at the end of the day, no one is disrespecting you, LeBron. You know, and at the end of the day, no one is going out saying this was the toughest championship that ever been played. He does this because I, I truly believe he's he he really he is soft skin. He has this he has an ego about him. He's a very personable guy, very charismatic, very knowledgeable. All of those things. I'm not taking that away. But there's this this insecurity that leaks out from time to time. Kevin Durant does that. Kyrie does that. LeBron James does that you're the biggest strongest most you know the probably the smartest basketball nba why are you complaining about certain things that don't go your way you know especially on the basketball court flopping and all these things. these are the little things that like yo if you're a dominant be dominant but it's like he's dominant with this little you know with the kid personality that it's like it just sometimes rubs the wrong way and then he try to act tougher than what he is and it's like bro you're not that tough <laughs> you know what i mean like like so and so this is why people go at lebron and at the end of the day lebron wins more often than he loses in that regard, but no one is making these comments. He is, and there's a reason why he's making them because he needs people to understand that if I can't get to six, understand that these two makes me the greatest champion. Well, if that's the case, then we saw that you were also collapsed doing the you know their first finals as well. So it's, it's yeah, just you know, those so who are I, watching, look, I, listening, I, I really would like to hear your thoughts about this because. I, I always think of the why. Why did you say that? Why do you feel like you have to say that? Because at the end of the day, who you're chasing is Michael Jordan. You need to worry about surpassing Kobe before you start talking about Michael Jordan. That's just my thoughts. Go ahead, Jono. As we as we close today's episode, what yes. I, what I'm, I'm here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put a um I'm gonna put a poll on Instagram. Um, and, and it's going to be, I really want to know, are you, and not you specifically, but you know, my followers right. and, and your followers as well. I want, I want to know, are you a LeBron hater? Or are you a LeBron lover? And I'll, I'll put those results here on, on the next episode. We'll, we'll start it off on there. Um, cause I, I really want to, you know, look, and, and you, you mentioned this, right. When, when you have someone sitting at the top for so long, people get tired of it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have not been tired of watching LeBron James play basketball. It took, it took me a long time to appreciate and respect the kind of player he is. And it was the same way for Kobe. I was never a Kobe fan, but I respected the, his, his greatness because he won at such a high level. He could have won three titles with the Lakers. And, that I agree. Was it. and to me, he, he was right up there with, with Jordan. He was one, a one B and then LeBron comes in 
right? And and in, in regards of the debate talk, because you always have to have somebody who's the best. And obviously Jordan is the best. When it comes time for LeBron to hang it up, he's going to be up there, whether he wins six titles titles or not. Right, and I don't disagree with that. So my same thing with me, Kobe Bryant, I think I, I had a, 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 a much more appreciation when he became number eight, right? When he cut off his hair and he became this the Mamba that we know. I think everybody kind of loved that personality. I was a LeBron's fan until he went to Miami. Once he went to Miami, I was kind of like, and then I, I kind of rooted for him when he went back to Cleveland, right? After this stint in Miami. But then as a Bulls fan, it's like, you were supposed to come to Chicago and you didn't. And then you keep I think you're, I think you're still hurt about that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss that. I, I am a little hurt. And especially <laughs> you should have, you should have got Mello. You should have taken Mello. Mello didn't want to come because that. of the money. But, but, but anyway, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. What could have been didn't happen, but, but there's a reason the greats never made these comments. Kobe Bryant didn't waste his time making these comments. Shaq never made these comments. Michael Jordan, who's the greatest? He's like, bro, I can't compare myself to people in different eras. And blah, blah, blah. The most cockiest, arrogant, you know, basketball player that we've probably seen, right? It was humble enough to say, yo, I, I'm not into that debate topic, right? He right. makes fun or whatever. But LeBron feels like he needs to always be validated as the greatest. And that's why he makes these comments. Why? I don't understand. Like, you are the, you know, you you are the league right, right, at, at this point, right? And so you you keep setting new standards that people haven't achieved, and, and you know, kudos to you. But my thoughts on LeBron's two toughest championship in NBA history, that's subjective because everybody who's won a championship is going to mention why theirs was the toughest, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you're the greatest basketball player, bro, in the league right now. Those type of comments stems from some sort of insecurity that I don't know why LeBron James has. <laughs> I, I'm, it just comes off that way. Like you I'm gonna shoot LeBron a, a message on. Uh, I'm gonna add him real quick on Twitter and, and say, LeBron, LeBron I, you know, yo, I, I you know you're busy this, with uh with training camp. You but, uh, you know, no, we love you, man. We we love debating this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And we need a little yeah. cloud broke. But if I can get some recognition, get some viewers, you know, so get my buddy up, that'd be great. But uh, we're doing this because at the end of the day, this is our everyday conversations. But uh, we we don't. We appreciate your greatness. This is my thoughts and my opinions, man. But but yeah, I, I appreciate you. You know, what I'm, I'm saying? looking forward to uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that that uh, survey I'm going to put and and uh, for sure I'll, I'll even I'll even throw it on Facebook. I'll, I'll make sure I get every single person involved. That yeah, that please can, comment your thoughts. On it. Flesh it out a little bit. Just not are you a LeBron hater or LeBron lover? You know, just flesh it out a little bit so that way people can really. You know, share the thoughts. And we'll, we are going to share your thoughts. We're going to shout you out on our next episode. So I'm going to sure share the best. Uh, I'm going to share the best comment on that one. So For wh sure. whoever gives me the best comment, I'm, I'm going to make sure I, I, I share them. And, and you know, I'll, I'll probably even ask them to get on here. So, um, all right. Hello. I appreciate you, man. You, you know, man, published author, you, um, you know, Bulls I enthusiast. I don't have my book. I don't have my book. Hey, but check out my website. My pre-orders for my book is loamirichardson.com. You can get my book uh, pre-ordered for $12. John, order your copy. Stop playing. Uh, yeah, I got to shout you out. <laughs> you know Christmas is uh, around the corner. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But um, yeah, man, appreciate the shout out, bro. Um, hopefully you guys were blessed. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy this episode and we'll catch you on the flip side to next time. Peace. Peace.